This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the newest episode of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley secret society speakeasy dive bar style podcast of and about and surrounding the Seattle Mariners. Remember to like and subscribe. You can check us out here on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting your podcast action from. And don't forget to drop us that review. You know what? We like five tool baseball players here on this podcast, but do you know what we like more? Five-star reviews, so don't be scared to put that five-star review. Also, check us out on the socials. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up so you can enjoy the newest episode of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast that's going to start now. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the kingdom. I think the biggest thing that I saw that really caught my eye that made me kind of feel good, honestly, especially, you know, this off season, we've had a lot of, you know, mixed feelings. It's been a mixed bag of emotions with whatever the front office has got us or didn't get us. But something right now made me feel really good. And that's today's MLB Network's, or this week's, I should say, MLB Network's top 10 players right now at every position. So they've been doing this every day, Hanno, on the MLB Network. At the time of the recording, they've done every position except for starting pitcher and catchers. Similar to, I would say, the uh, NFL's top 100 right now, wouldn't you say? Yeah, exactly. So you're telling me right now that only as of now... Um, catcher and starting pitcher. Yep, that's right. Those positions and out of those, since, so you haven't seen this. You haven't seen this. Yeah, I haven't seen this year's. Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, so, I see it later on in the in the spring when they replay it. Okay, well, let me just spoil this for you or anybody else. If you're if you're listening, and you're like, I don't want to know. Well, then press pause or uh, turn this off. Doesn't matter. We already got a download. Thank you very much. <laughs> but. I'm going to give it to you straight right now. Out of the seven positions that have been in, actually eight, because there's uh, relief pitchers are part of this, the Mariners already have five players, and they have not done catcher, and they have not done starting pitcher. And I just want to say, Cal Raleigh's got to be on the top ten catchers, and Luis Castillo's got to be on the top ten pitchers. 
if not, we're going to go to MLB Network and we're going to burn that motherfucker down to the ground. But no, You're going to talk to the shredder. Yeah, exactly. No, I do not condone. I do not condone arson or, or any kind of mob tactics. But I am just saying I would be upset. Uh, uh, how about this? A strongly written personal email that nobody will get to will be sent. But anyways, going down the list. At shortstop, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Corey Seager, Francisco Lindor, Dansby Swanson, Bo Bichette, Will Ames, Tim Anderson, Wander Franco. We don't see our shortstop that we didn't go out and get any other shortstops because of him is not on the list. J.P. Crawford really set the bar really high a couple years ago uh, defensively. And last year, he did not have the offensive numbers that he wanted to. I know uh, even Jerry talked about uh, JP kind of falling off and getting tired. So uh, it makes sense to me he's not a top 10 guy out of 32 teams right now. He's probably close. He's in that upper, upper half tier, but I wouldn't say he's a top 10 in the league. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at this, it's also loaded, right? Absolutely. And, and, and. It's a fair. It's the first position you want to fill your team with, in my opinion. Yeah, and I know people want to equate. If you're thinking about other sports, right? You go quarterback. Well, the pitcher is kind of the quarterback. No, the pitcher doesn't go out there every single day, and it's not part of every uh, every single play, outfield play, and infield play, uh, pitcher catcher. The shortstop is that's your that's your leader. That's your star on the team. Uh, the way baseball is played right now, I feel like. Yeah, and, toughest position to play on the field and, defensively, and it's and you're paid handsomely for it. Especially if you can hit, you know that that's the thing is you're paid a lot more than a second baseman, traditionally more than a third baseman. Um, it's it's your guy, and you're talking Trey Turner, Carlos Correa again, Bogart, Seager, Lindor, Swanson, Bo Bichette, Will Ames. At, what's, how, how do I say his name? Is it Will Adam, the guy that's on Milwaukee? Oh, Will Adamas. Oh, Will Adamas. Okay, well, jump okay. It, jump in there. Thanks for the backup on that play, Hannah. Okay. Uh, Tim Anderson, Wanda Franco. Those are some tough guys to, you know, jump over. Those guys, a lot of those guys have her power, though. Uh, yeah, it they is. They do. I mean, that, you, can't, you can't argue with those double-digit upper yeah. teens home runs. And don't get me wrong. I love JP. I've, I, you know, I like him. He's, he's, the, he's the leader on the team. Uh, I'm not upset that he's not on this top 10 and I don't think he would be either he did like you said he didn't have the season that he didn't want to have he has all those intangibles though in a dugout he's definitely the glue Scott Service was just on the hot stove talking about how like the intelligence and just the type of player that he is like it's he's one of the best that he's been around and you know, when you're building a culture, he's definitely one of those pillars that you want. Yeah, he's a leader. I know, you know, people talk about, they use the word moxie. I mean, that's hard to, you know, explain. But as far as our team, he's got it. And, I mean, he set such a high bar early on in his career as a Mariner. Uh, defensively, um, Perry Hill's going to have to make some adjustments this year with the no-shift rules. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I've seen some videos of JP working his tail off in the hitting cage, um, and I'm sure 
you know, with working with Perry Hill, he's going to get fundamentally sound and have to work even harder to get that range thick. Yeah, Perry Hill is going to be working a lot. He's going to be working a lot with him and our new second baseman that, let's just say this right now, it's been one of these moves that I would say was one of the more unpopular moves, even though it was a step forward from last year, and that's the acquisition of Colton Wong. This guy is still number nine. That's right. He made the top 10 second baseman in all of baseball. You know, and that, and we're talking, this is a list with, from the top to the bottom, Jose Otuve, Jeff McNeil, Andres Jimenez, Marcus Simeon, Brandon Lowe, Jorge Polanco, Brendan Donovan, Cattell Marte, Colton Wong, like I said, at number nine, and Glaber Torres. That's that's good company to be right in there. Absolutely. Top third of the league. Um, you know, kind of the reports hearing about his defense last year, he was able to get to the ball, but then the transfer and then making the play was the stumble for him that he regressed on. It's an, I mean, I'll bring up Perry Hill again. There you go. He will, he will make the adjustment and, and make him work and, and get him right. I mean, I have faith in him. I mean, he, Eugenio Suarez, you know, we were all worried about Kyle, Kyle Seeger. Who was going to replace him? D. Gordon. He D. did a lot of work with D. Gordon and down in Miami and up in here. Yeah, it was just a seamless transition for Eugenio at third base. I mean, he had a great defensive year, and you would not even have thought about no. Kyle Seeger. And it goes beyond the Mariners. You know, the Mariners was not uh, his first gig for Perry Hill. And, yes, it He's definitely going to have a lot of work, especially with the shift going out. And we'll talk about that, you know, on some upcoming episodes here. And I do want to say one of my favorite parts of going to spring training, which I will be down there, and my and I will be keeping my eyes on my favorite thing to do is watch Manny Acta and Perry Hill. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of rules coming up. Like you said, the shift rules are changing. The bases are getting bigger. The throwovers to first base are decreasing. There's a certain number. So there's some rule changes. A pitch clock. I mean, it's a, it's going to be a different style game this year, and it's going to be something we're going to have to pay attention to as uh, Mariner fans. Yeah, and if you look at this list, too, and you go back through our catalog and other shows talking about here, we're at second base, you know, let's just – a couple of the names jump out. We were very pissed off about not getting Marcus Simeon last year, right? We were upset about a little bit about not getting uh, Glaber Torres. You know, that was like a trade that we both were like, especially me, like, let's do it. You know, when those rumors were out. And you look at Colton Wong, he's ranked above him on this list. So we were talking about trading, uh, you know, Winker, a Winker package, right? That was what people were talking about for Torres. We thought, hey, that would be good for... Uh, Winker, good for the Mariners, and there you have it. We traded for the same amount of, you know, uh, the same amount of worth right there, as according to this, according to this. Yeah, I mean, Mariner fans are a little bit disappointed, you know, listening to them this year about this trade, not giving it maybe the quality or the, I don't, I don't want to say respect or whatever of the trade, you know. Um, I don't see... Um, Frazier on here at all? No, no, Frazier's not. You know, I I talked to you about Lowe with Tampa Bay that that might be a possibility. It probably would have cost a lot more. He had a down year last year, but you know, it's it is. And how much is Marcus Simeon caught would 
would be costing the Mariners right now. Yeah, I mean, he's a hundred. I mean, what did he get? Two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, I mean, this—if you are feeling like, what the fuck is this Colton Wong deal? I mean, I think this this backs up the move more. It made me definitely look at it like, whoa, there it is. I mean, Adam Frazier was okay. He wasn't outstanding. He was, I would say, serviceable. He had one of the biggest hits in Mariner in in the whole season last year against Toronto. But you know, it, it's. I think it's a, it's the right move. You know. Yeah, I I I'm starting to feel better about it, and also. It's not a sexy move, but it's the right move. It, yeah, exactly, and he's here to do one thing. One is use his pedigree of you know being from a class organization like the Cardinals that are, you know, perennial in the World Series, in the playoffs at least, team. Uh, he's here to hit right-handed pitching from left side. And even though he had a down year at second base, it's not like this is a liability guy out there at all. No. We, we, have, we have other guys to, to help back him up, but he's going to be given the first chance to um, play most of the time. And, you know... It's the Mariners looked at him a couple years ago, along with Listella, and it's they're going to give him every chance to succeed. Yeah, and everything out of Colton Wong has been. I know what my role is. I know where I'm at in my career, and he's also said that he wants to get back to being a Gold Glove second baseman. So going on to you know we're going to move around the horn here. Let's let's go to third base first before we go across first base. Uh. T- another tough position. Lots of lots of big names on here. Let's just go down it. Manny Machado, hell of a player. Jose Ramirez, yep. Austin Riley, Rafael Devers, Nolan Arenado, Alex Bergman. God, I hate that motherfucker. Good player though. Oh yeah, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, who was a first baseman, but Ants now- played a lot of second with the Dodgers. Yeah, he's a uh, uh, what's his. Wandy Diaz, is that his name? Wandy Diaz and DJ LeMahieu. You know who's not on this list? Eugenio Suarez. This is a tough list here. Well, it, it makes some. I, I don't really. I mean, DJ LeMahieu, I thought he'd play. I it's mean, a tough it, list to break. It, yeah. I, I don't think Eugenio's getting the respect that maybe he should. I feel like he's a little undervalued listening to the back end of this list, in my opinion. He played great defense, and he hit the ball hard. I mean, and he hit the ball out of the ballpark. He did adequate plus more than what we expected as Mariner fans in his first year. Yeah, I, and I think, again, too, when you're listening to this list, who knows what fucking scales and analytics and graphs they're using this for because I I feel like if there's a snub here from the Mariners, this is the snub because I I, I feel like some of these players on the team on I mean on this list I I don't know I mean do you feel like dot maybe it's an age thing do you think Diaz is better than than Suarez? Do you think LeMahieu is? Do you think Muncy? Do you think T- Turner is? They're all different players. I mean, they all bring different little things with average, with with fielding, you know, with power. Um, I mean, it's 
I, I don't quite get their whole thing of how they critique these guys. I mean, Jesse Winker was rated the number one left fielder last year. <laughs> yeah, he had a yeah. terrible year for us. I mean, that is that, the fattest that, that, grain that, of salt. NBC Sports presents the 1979 All-Star Game from Seattle's Kingdom. It's the All-Stars of the National League versus the best of the American League. The 1979 All-Star Game is brought to you by Chrysler Corporation. See the mileage makers at your Dodge or Chrysler Plymouth dealers. And by the newest member of Gillette's All-Star Team, Foamy Tropical Coconut Shave Cream. Every shave is like a trip to the tropics. And by the Miller Brewing Company, Brewers of Miller High Life. If you've got the time, we've got the beer. And by Polaroid, makers of the SX-70 Sonar, the world's smartest camera. I feel like Suarez. A Eugenio? I feel like A Eugenio Suarez could also, you know, have a career outside of, you know, being a third baseman. And what I'm talking about is he he's somebody that could possibly transition into a DH in the next few years. Hey, he's a clubhouse guy. I like his game. I agree. He he hits with power. He's he's threatening when he's up at the plate, and that's nice to see. The way the Mariners constructed their team this year, I don't know what they're going to do at DH, if they're going to run everybody, you know, transition guys in and out. But, you know, Eugenio, when, if he can't play the field in a year or two, I, I agree with you. He would be a great type of DH in the Mariner lineup. And I feel like if, if they did this list on DH or people that – are possibly going to clock in some, uh, you know, time on the time card as DH. I think you're looking at prob- probably eight Mariners on this list. I mean, he, I don't have the numbers in front of me. We'll have to go to the staff department. But he's led the league the last three, or he's up in near the top of the league in the last three years in home runs. It's it's crazy. And he he did not disappoint last year either. couple walk-offs, had his big, he had a big freaking season for us that made us not even skip a beat about Kyle Seeger, in my opinion. Did, right. did, did you ever, did you think that was going to be the case going in? I was questionable about, no, well, of course. I mean, I was questionable about if we were going to miss Seeger or not. Especially I think, defensively, huh? Yeah, especially de- defensively. Hitting, I think, you know, the the RBI totals and the, and the power numbers were surging up for him in his career. But the, you know, grounding out into the double play, Hitting into the shift, I did not miss one one bit, but definitely the defense I did. Did I feel like Suarez was going to be our guy? No, you go back to our first episode. I was at spring training. He looked terrible at spring training. He did to me. He looked, But you know what? He kept himself healthy. That's the number one thing, and he got himself going. And, man, I, I can't tell you he had to be one of my favorite players in all of baseball last year. And at one point, it, he was hitting as many home runs as – Aaron Judge through a span and how just charismatic the guy is and cool and you can connect with him. I see him in the road games. Uh, you know he's talking to people behind the dugout. You flex him. You pull out your 24 inch python and you flex it at him. He's flexing right back at you. He's a cool dude. No, you're right. I mean, 
And you know what I really liked about him? He was tough. He got injured. Remember, he screwed up his finger. I think it was his pointer finger uh, towards the end of the year. Had yeah. that cast on for a little bit. But, you know, we struggled without him there. But he got back in there as soon as he could. And he got back on the, got back on the horse and started producing for us. And playing in the field. They were like, hey, he's just going to probably be your DH. Somebody else is going to play it. Third base, what are we going to do? And it's like, that lasted a couple of days. He was back at third base. There's nothing like a tough guy like that, man, that you can count on. And then, of course, we're going to go across the diamond here before we jump into the outfield. Uh, we're going to look at the first base position. And listen, we got one on there, too. Our boy Ty France, Viva La France. He's on there coming in at number seven. But from the top of the list, we got Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Freddie Freeman, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., um, Jose Abreu, Pete Alonso, Matt Olson, then Ty France, Nathaniel Lowe, Luis Arez, and Rise Hopkins. Arez Hopkins. Arez yeah. Hopkins. Uh, you know, first base, good position. Uh, not as stacked as the third baseman. Not as stacked as the shortstop. Maybe it could be argued that first base and second base, kind of here on this list, it's it's not the position that maybe we grew up watching with Mo Vaughn, the Don Mattingly's, the Frank Thomases, the Will Clark's, the Frank Thomases. You know what I'm saying? But still, it's good to have somebody on this list. Ty France is one of these players that I feel like it is an important year this year for him to you know put that last piece of the puzzle together. That just that last you know ingredient and that's just staying healthy i think i think all the skills are there i think staying healthy is number one he doesn't hurt you at first base as a first baseman um just he's got to stay out of those positions where he's swinging at those uncharacteristic pitches that he's seems to go after and and chase when he comes back from an injury you said it chase for the first two months of the season, the last couple of years, he's been phenomenal. Got dinged up, got hit, and he played through it. I appreciate that he played through it. It's tough to play through injuries. As a player, you do not want to, you know, say that you're injured or make an excuse. But obviously, he regressed those last four months of the year, and he started to chase, like you said. But, you know... Hopefully he doesn't get nicked up this year. It'd be great to see a great Ty France for six months out of the year be that low 300 hitter. I mean, it, there's only like 10 guys that have hit 300 the last few years. I mean, it's a hard thing to do with this type of pitching that we're seeing from the, in the big leagues right now. Yeah, and Ty France is one of those good guys. He's one of those really good people with the fans. I see him down in Southern California in the games. You know, he's from there. He went to San Diego State. He's one of Tony Gwynn, one of my all-time, outside of Griffey, my all-time favorite players. You know, he's one of his last pupils. Uh, he seems to be a good teammate, cool guy around the in the clubhouse, uh, very approachable, love all those things. You know, came to us uh, as not the centerpiece of a trade, which makes just blows my mind. Uh, sometimes unstoppable, but yeah, that injury, you know, it's, it seems like it's this both years. He's kind of come back earlier from an injury that maybe 
other people did. I know in 2021, he tried to fight through the wrist thing. It didn't work out. This year, he had that nasty injury in that Oakland game at first base. And, you yeah, know, where he got ran into. Yeah, in both years, it just it was almost night and day who you got back. Um, hopefully, he does not uh, have those injuries. I want, if he has a full, healthy year, you know, the sky's the limit. But also, when we're talking about an injury, it's not like he's, you know, I hate to knock it, like a Kyle Lewis. Or if we're talking Seahawks, uh, you know, a ball, we're talking Penny or some or Jamal Adams, where you don't see him the whole year. So you do have to applaud this guy to being like, he's getting the fuck out there all the time. Yeah, he's tough. Yeah, he's tough. He, come, he, 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 he might miss a little time, but he comes back and he gives it what he can. I mean... Evan White is our next guy down in the in the minor leagues that's, you know, uh, played well defensively but had the hernia injury, uh, had a lot of injuries, but he's not Ty France. So we don't have anybody really to stack up and and get, get in there that can play at the level of Ty France. Sure, I mean, I've been hard on him at times, and it's frustrating. But I think, you know, Ty France stays in there. He's... He, he sets up in on the plate. That's why he gets dinged up sometimes with these wild pitches. But it's part of the game. But I, I do respect that Ty France comes back quick from injuries. A quick little DL stint. And let me tell you something in his makeup. Maybe the numbers don't show this. and Or maybe they do. I'm just saying from my eyes test and, you yeah, know. That's what muddled, we're about in muddled, Marvin Mustard. Yeah, yeah, or muddled memory. But this guy has clutch hits, a lot of clutch hits. A lot of times it's the big hit to bring us back into the game. Maybe the home run that ties the game, the single that busts open a, a game. He has a lot of these moments since he's been a Mariner. There's never, there hasn't been a big time, I should say, or big stretch where I've been like, fuck, this guy can't come up with the big hit. Yeah, you, you can't you can't group him into into that type of player at all. I mean, we went 18 innings in the longest last game of the year, and nobody came through. It wasn't Ty's fault. He still battled, you know. Why are you gonna bring that up? That's the last game I remember. <laughs> Am I still sour a little bit? <laughs> Sucks, hitting baseballs out of sight. Every kid who's 14 and under will want to come. Come to Jack and Get a free jacket. Get a free jacket. Get a free jacket. We're going to head on to the outfield. Let's go let's go from the negative to the positive. We're gonna go to left field. We got you know nobody. Okay, we got we got nobody out there. I'm sorry, your boy JK ain't in there. My grandma's boy, uh grandma's boy is uh Haggerty. That's what I'm gonna start calling Haggerty. Grandma's boy, that's who she likes. They didn't no, make it AJ out. Pollock. No, AJ Pollock, ooh, did not make this list. We got a guy, and I'm going to go backwards here. We got Eloy Jimenez at nine, Ian Happ, Brian, uh, Michael Brantley, Tyler O'Neill, Stephen Kwan, Randy 
Oh, Rosarina. Uh, Taylor Ward. I don't know about this. That's story. a high one for Taylor Ward here, number four. Kyle Schwarber, I'm in with that. Juan Soto at number two. In left field? Number two. Last year he was the number one right fielder. This year, number two right uh, left fielder. Number one, who was not ranked last year. Not at all. A guy by the name of Jordan Alvarez from the Houston Astros. He played a grid left field in that band box with the Crawford box over and left. You know, he did whatever he had to do, but it's all about hitting for him. Here's what I got to say about left field. Moving on. Let's go over to right field. Good call, brother. Let's go over to right field. Uh, The Mariners are clocking in with someone. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez is making the list. Uh, I don't think Mitch Hanniger was making the list last year. So already I'm feeling good about that. I don't think Mitch is making it. I think if we were going from 21 to 22, Mitch Hanniger makes the list. Right, Hanno? But I do not think he's on the list. He would have been on this list. You know, I didn't watch the Oscar as much as I obviously will be this year defensively. And everything I've heard is that he is him and Mitch are very comparable at the defensive position. So it's hard to say, but you know, Oscar, he he crushed the ball last year, so that may be the yeah. edge that he gets over Mitch. People are talking about how nuts his exit velocity is, and those weren't cheap home runs against the Mariners in the playoffs either. No, he got two in one game. No, if there was somebody that hurt us it, the most, it was Alvarez. If there was somebody that second hurt us, at least on the eye test, it was Hernandez. And guess what? If we run into Toronto, if we both make the playoffs again, which is high, Pretty likely. We're not going to be going against him. Anyways, the right fielders are from top to bottom. Obviously, Aaron Judge, uh, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, Kyle Tucker, Ronald Acuna, George Springer, Sterling Marte, Marte, Sterling Marte, Teoscar Hernandez, Fernando Tatis Jr., who was the number one shortstop last year, Hunter Renfro. That is a fucking loaded list, and we have somebody on that list. And a few of those guys on that list. Played in center field quite a bit last year in Springer, Arson Judge, you know, and and you know you're playing with the Harpers and all those guys. I mean, that's a tough top ten to crack. These are cornerstone marquee players for organizations, and guess what? We got one out there. That's making me fucking feel good. But like I said, Jesse Winker was rated number one in left field last year, so take it with a grain of salt. If you bring, that up, so if you bring that up again, I'm going to fucking have you 86 <laughs> from this place. I know, but I just, I'm cautious this year when I think about the sh- what the Shredder came up with for their top players in each position. Okay. <laughs> all right. You're just like, they lost all credibility with that Winker no, number one. No, I mean, I, Winker, the year, previous year, Winker, yes, but that's what they're going at, off of. All right. Know, okay. All right, all right. I got you. I got you. I got you. I hear you. I smell you. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand-name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. All right, so <laughs> let's do some more uh, happy talk here. We're moving on to center field, all right? Center field, obviously... Obviously, everybody said that we do have Julio Rodriguez is on this list. This is a tough list. I don't know if it's as crazy as the right field uh, 
you know, the, as far as star-studded marquee players, I think maybe that right field is probably just as expensive as that shortstop list. But from top to bottom, we have Mike Trout, who last year was coming in at number one. We got Byron Buxton, Julio Rodriguez coming in at number three, Brandon Nimmo, Michael Harris, the second. Brian Reynolds, uh, somebody we've talked about a lot uh, recently. Uh, Cedric Mullins, Lewis Robert, Mike Yaskremski, and Chaz McCormick. Uh, I feel like, you know, after you see the uh, first top three, maybe Brian Reynolds is uh, ranked a little bit low on here because I would put him above Brandon Nimmo. But Trout, Buxton, Rodriguez... Uh, I feel like there's a little bit of a gap there, and I'd almost put Rodriguez. We'll see how he goes. I don't want to jump him over Buxton. Got to give Buxton some some credit, but I feel like, you know, Julio being third's okay. You know, I know he's not better than Mike Trout, but to me, he's he could be he could possibly in the next two years be the best center fielder in all of baseball. Absolutely. Let me say this: Mike Trout, great player. Julio can be better than Mike Trout. Byron wow. Buxton. Great player, athletic, injured. Julio can be better than him. I'm excited this year. The most both I'm of them s- have been injured. Trout and yeah, and Buxton. I'm just so excited to see what Julio brings to the table. I mean, the joy he plays with, and the charisma that he br- he brings to the game. But not o- that doesn't even matter. I mean, he is talented. I'm excited to see how he grows, produces, all of that. You know, I mean. He is gonna he's gonna shock some of us with what he can do. I mean, that ball in the gap against Houston where he came sliding in, I oh, mean incredible. Man. Yeah, I was there. It was <laughs> I had already, I had already given that. up on that ball and then it was just you're just like, Holy shit, how he closed it out. I mean, I was looking from the third baseline watching that. When he was going after that ball, I was thinking, Can they get this ball off the wall and make the most amazing th- well, holy fuck he caught it. You know, I was looking on the throws, watching where the the cutoff guys were lining up unneeded. Yeah, I mean, he's special. We saw it. We saw it last year. I, I, I can't wait to see what he brings to the table this year. I mean, I, I'm so pumped. You know, last year you were in spring training, had the best inside the park home run video I have ever seen. Thank you very much. I mean, it, it was it, all me. It, it, was it was all me. Great photography. It was. It was. It was a badass. I hate to brag because I don't like to give you much credit, but it was a badass video and it was beautiful. Last last preseason or yeah, last uh, spring training game, uh, home inside the park home run. I mean, he's he's a special player. We, he is. We, I mean, I'm excited about him truly. Since not since Griffey have I been this excited to watch a guy. I I agree. I agree. I'm ready to go. I mean, I got his. I got the white jersey. I got the blue jersey. I'm almost, he's almost made me want to get the teal jersey. Nobody's made me almost want to get the teal jersey since since Griffey. I, and he's even making me want to get the cream jersey. Well, it's just, he's, he's got it all. He's just almost too good to be true. He's, he's, he's happy-go-lucky, you know. He's great with the fans. I mean, he's athletic. He produces. He's got power. He plays D. He can steal. Yeah. If he stays healthy, he can be one of the greatest Mariners of all time. And I'm excited to see what he can do this sophomore year. 
You look excited. You can't Am see Am I getting it. jacked you're, up? You're getting jacked up. Your eyes are popping. You're staring at me. <laughs> Damn, it's scary. You made the hair on my neck stand up saying that. Well, uh, like we said, the starting pitchers haven't been announced. I would, I would yeah. assume... Castillo is going to be on there, and when I we release should this, be. should be Cal Raleigh should be uh, another guy. Sorry to interrupt. Another guy that I'm excited to see take the next step this year. You know, we haven't had a good. I mean, Dan Wilson, hell of a catcher, loved him. Cal Raleigh can take this to another level and be a he. Can, he could be a perennial All Star for us. Right, and I feel like both of those two will be on there. Like I said. I, I don't think you're going to see uh, Ray sneak on there just off of last year. And I don't feel like Kirby and Logan are right. You know, they're they're knocking on the door maybe for next year. Uh, and I do believe Cal Raleigh's got to be on this list. Uh, and as far as DH, we, we don't have a DH. So uh, we're not going to worry about that. Those three have not been announced at the time of this recording. But I don't feel bad about releasing this because I think that's I think that's what the case is going to be so there's one more position left to go through which would make it the seven um, which has been released and that's the relief pitchers uh, obviously a very 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 strong point of the Seattle Mariners here's the list former Mariner New York Met Edwin Diaz Emmanuel Clase or class? Classe. Classe. Have a little bit of classe. It's a Emmanuel Classe, Devin Williams, Evan Phillips, Johan Duran, Ryan Presley. Coming in at number seven, Andres Munoz. Uh, then there's Liam Hendricks, Jason Adam, and Ryan Hesley. I mean, obviously, Munoz had a rough time there in the playoffs a little bit, but all year long, I don't know how many W's he secured for us whether it was his setup work whether it was getting out of jams obviously closing the game down and let's be fair in the playoffs we, we we come to find out he's pitching with like what a broken bone in his foot yeah i mean let, let me quickly talk about that i mean he had surgery this offseason i just read that he might not be totally ready for spring training but he should be ready him for and seawald right correct but should be ready for the uh, first part of the season. So that's something to be talked about. But yeah, Los Bomberos, he was awesome. There is no Los Bomberos without him. No, there is. It does not exist. It does not exist. And also, here's the thing I have to say about the, the relief pitchers not being ready maybe for opening day doesn't bug me like a starter. Because then you're bringing somebody that you don't want to be in the rotation in to start you a game. But the Mariners, at least right now, have had an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the uh, the bullpen. And also with relief pitchers, traditionally, and I was listening to Jerry Depoto talk about this, listening to Gary Hill talk about this, uh, you know, on the flagship, uh, is for relief pitchers, they don't take as much time to get ready and how you could really get a good good get a good look at that is watch the shortened seasons whether it's been strike whether it's been the COVID-19 years um these are the guys that are always ready at the beginning of the year they don't seem to have much drop off versus like maybe a position player or maybe a uh starting pitcher 
yeah, those guys getting revved up, I mean, they work on adrenaline, in my opinion. Yes. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, I mean, they're coming in in pressure pack situations. And Scott Service has high leverage, as you, as you know. I mean, they're there to... The only thing they're there to do is stop the bleeding or ha- stop anything from scoring. And then come out tomorrow and do it again, no matter what happened the night before. Absolutely. It's almost like they go, I wonder after the game, I've never been a relief pitcher. I've, you know, I have no idea what goes on. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they just go get blackout drunk, you know, and then they just forget what happened the night before, whether it was good or as bad. It was like, last night you were, so, oh, really? You got to say it. Oh, okay. Oh, Oh, man, good to see you today after what happened to you last night. What are you talking about? Nothing happened. Major League Baseball presents Big League Tips. Here's how to figure an earned run average. First of all, take the total number of earned runs that you've allowed, say 20. You divide that by the number of innings that you've pitched, let's say 80. Now, that'll give you a figure, 80 into 20, of .250. Now, you take .250, multiply that by 9 to give you a number of runs per 9 innings. Uh, this would be 2.25. In the ERA of that, you'd be pitching awfully well. Baseball fever. Catch it. Major League Baseball. Well, so, so I mean, you know, at the end of the day, too, it's, look, we got eight. No, we have, we have, let's just say seven. Possibly we could have eight. You know, how many positions are there on a field? Nine. Let's add uh, the relief pitchers. Ten. Uh, ten. Let's add DHs. So out of 110 players, if you were doing a countdown, we have seven, possibly eight players out of the best 110, you know, in the public eye, which is which is something to be said when, you know, as a fan base, and I'll admit I've been part of that, of like, hey, we should have made a bigger splash in free agency. We didn't, and we're still looking fucking good. We're still looking good, but as a Mariner fan, you know, I always want to take that next step. I know that we have great starting pitching. We have some really good, you know, position players like you mentioned. I always want to, I, I always want to go further than you know than I don't even know how to say it, but push the envelope, Myron. Push that envelope. You yeah. want to push that envelope up I w- the street. Yeah, I want to have the best left fielder because we don't. I want to have the the best. I want to have a great DH. We don't. You want to push that envelope like your USPS. You want to push that envelope. You want that overnight delivery. You know? Yeah. I, I, the, uh, I guess I don't, there's no snubs, no snubs in left field. Eugenio could be a snub. Uh, it's I can't really say that JP's a snub, but he's close. I would say Eugenio deserves it more. But that's fine. I mean, we all have our opinions. That's what makes baseball so great. It is. The World Series. Where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball favor, catch it. The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. All right, that's a wrap here on the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. 
right here on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting your podcast action from. Again, thanks for liking, subscribing, and following us on the social medias. And if you want to hit us up, it's the rye bread and mustard, rye bread and mustard, I should say, podcast at gmail.com. That, that's what it is. Anyways, <laughs> I'm going to shut the hell up. Hanno, you know what time it is. Ba 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 ba